drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hi guys, welcome to week 34 of pregnancy. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill Hall. I'm right there with you at 34 weeks. Fuck, man, this is going to be a rough episode to go through. I had a shit week 34. I'm just going to throw that off uh, right at the jump of this episode. So if this is your first show, this is your first bottle service episode, you know, maybe rethink it. Maybe try a different one because I am in a fragile fragile space right now. Um, I had a couple, you could probably guess from the title of this episode, but a couple complications this week. Not not great news um, all around, and I'm going to try and get through this episode without having a mental breakdown. So, I mean... Yeah, here we are. I guess that that's kind of the beauty of this podcast. Like I you know, you're going to catch you're going to catch the highs and lows of this pregnancy. This is definitely this is definitely a low. This is a low for me. All right. So, I will say my week 34 started off pretty good, you know. I actually um I had my maternity shoot this week, which was really fun. I thought it was, you know, really I was feeling really good that day. I thought it was really nice to get like dolled up you know, look cute, get some photos. I had a friend in town who did my maternity shoot for me. If anybody's in Nashville, check her out. Blue jeans photography. Shout out Becca. She's the best. She's actually done. She did the uh, cover, my cover photo for this podcast too. I I love her. Um, But she made me feel really comfortable. We got some really great pics. So in hindsight, actually, I'm glad that I got those photos done when I did, when I was still happy and full of full of life because a couple days later I started not feeling so hot. So a couple days ago I started getting these wild contractions and we've talked about Braxton Hicks on here, you know, like the, the tightening of the belly and I've mentioned before that I've been getting them like more and more frequently. And then a couple days ago I was getting Braxton Hicks like all the time. Like I spent like an entire day where I was like, I feel like I'm just in one long Braxton Hicks contraction. Like my stomach is super tight, pretty uncomfortable. I actually ended up calling the doctor's office and it was over the weekend. So I got like, you know, just like the emergency person there and they just, you know, asked me a series of questions like, you know, are you bleeding? Are you, are the contractions getting progressively worse? And they weren't, I mean, they were pretty consistent the whole time. So, you know, the emergency person was like, look, it doesn't sound like an emergency. Um, just, you know, make sure to, you can call the doctor back on office hours. So I actually had a doctor's appointment this week. Um, I waited to go in and figured I would just, you know, tell her what was going on then. And one of the problems I, I, you guys know, if you've been listening to the show, I actually switched OBs like only a couple weeks ago. So I have a new doctor and she's very, very popular. She's like a very popular doctor here in Nashville. So this is only my third appointment with her. And the second time that this has happened where I've gone in for my appointment and she's actually been called out for delivery. So she wasn't there, but they told me, you know, I could wait for her Or they could just do like my vitals, make sure that I had a heartbeat and like send me out the door. 
And I was kind of like, I just didn't feel great. I was like, look, I actually like have some questions. Um, and actually ever since I came to this new office, like I haven't even been examined. So I'm eight months pregnant now. I haven't had an examination since, you know, I was at month sixth. So I kind of put my foot down and I was like, look, even if the doctor's not here, I kind of want someone to look me over because I've been having a ton of contractions. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm dilated. Maybe I'm in actual labor. Like I just, I, 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 I would feel more comfortable if like somebody actually like gave me an exam because I don't want to go. My next appointment's not for another two weeks. I don't want to go that long. So I, I really advocated for myself and they were like, look, we'll, we'll get you, um, you know, one of the nurse practitioners in here to come in and talk to you. So a nurse practitioner came in, I explained to her, I was having all of these contractions and blah, blah, blah. They're like, we're going to set you up with a little stress test to see, you know, maybe it's not even contractions. Maybe it's, you know, round ligament pain or something else going on. And then I mentioned, I'm like, you know, I'm new to this practice, but my last doctor told me I was breech and I haven't had a sonogram now for months. And, you know, the doctor used her hands last time and said she thought the baby was down, but I really want to make sure that the, the baby's down. So she's like, we can give you a cervical exam. I'm like, yeah, like, let's pop the hood up on this bitch and see what's going on. So they gave me a cervical exam and she was like, you're not dilated, but I don't feel your baby's head. So they're like, we're going to, we're going to bring in their like mini sonogram into the, into the room to kind of see where the baby is. And sure enough, they do this and they're like, Ooh, the baby is fully transverse breach. So for anyone who doesn't know what that means, usually when people say that they're breech, it's that their baby is head up instead of head down. Really towards the end of your pregnancy, your baby should be facing downward so that their head is in position for birth and they, you know, start moving down your belly. But um, a lot of people who are breech, their head is up and their feet are down. A transverse breech is when they're completely sideways. So that's what I have. And it's actually pretty rare. So before 32 weeks pregnant, it's about like one in every 50 women will have a transverse breech. But when you get to the later stage of pregnancy, um, it's actually one in 500. So it's a pretty rare thing to have a transverse breech. My brain immediately goes to, fuck, I'm going to have to have a C-section and I lose my shit. You know, I start hyperventilating. Um, I've talked about it on here. I, <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast, you know, a needle will make me pass out. The idea of being like cut open on a table and having my organs removed, like sends me to another level of panic. So I'm like, well, I remember, you know, I have, I've had friends who have had breech babies and I know that there's things that I can do. So I asked this nurse, you know, this she was actually like a nurse in training. And then there was like an, a nurse practitioner there with her. And I'm like, well, what can I do? And she's like, there's actually quite a few things you can do to try to turn the baby. The problem is you're pretty far along. So at about week 36, your baby is so big in your belly that they actually have less room to turn around. And this really pissed me off <laughs> because I thought back to my last appointment three weeks ago when I asked the doctor to check if I was breech. I'm like, if had I known three weeks ago that I was breech, I could have been doing this stuff 
all along. Like I could have, I would have had much more time. And now you're telling me around 36 weeks, 36 to 37 weeks, that baby's not really going to be turning as much. So, you know, tomorrow I'm 35 weeks. I have a week to flip this bitch now. Um, so got really, really upset about that, obviously. And around this time, this time, my doctor had come back from delivering and, you know, could, could meet with me and she was much more reassuring. I think the nurse practitioner, like, you know, was just giving me the facts, like, look, this baby's probably not going to turn. Um, and my doctor was like much more encouraging. <laughs> She's like, no, I've seen babies flip at 38 weeks, 39 weeks. We have time. There's lots you can do. You know, there's two, there's really two big options if the baby doesn't flip, which well, the first option is an ECV. It's called an external cephalic version. I may have pronounced that wrong, but just know that the, the term the people just say ECV and that's when the doctor will can manually turn your baby but there's only like a 50% success rate with that it can also be very very painful um i had one of my coworkers actually who used to sit next to me so she i you know talked with her throughout her whole pregnancy I, and i remember her vividly telling me how painful this was when she got it done so i was a little i'm uh, i'm off the bat a little bit weary of it but it, it it can work. So my doctor said, basically, if I did want to go that route, first, they, I have to make sure that I'm a candidate for it. So I'm scheduled to go back in for another sonogram where they can see like where the placenta is, you know, make sure how the baby is turned that they would be able to manually um, shift it, the baby. So there's a couple factors that make you eligible for an ECV that I don't know if I'm, if I qualify for just yet, but they would typically do this later after your full term, because what can happen is you can put the baby in distress. You can go into labor and we just, you want to make sure that you're, you're at full term at this point. So she said at 38 weeks, if I'm eligible for this, we could schedule it. They would give me an epidural to do the ECV because like we said, it can be painful. And then I would just be induced into labor right after that. So that's option number one. Option number two is the C-section, which I have a very irrational fear around, I'm realizing. I've heard from a lot of people, uh, a lot of friends. I got a lot of DMs. I actually like posted on my personal Instagram, you know, like the pamphlets they gave me, which were like, if your baby's in breach and preparing for C-section. And I just put like, fuck my life on a story. And I got like overwhelmed with so many DMs from people that were actually re really reassuring. Like so like having a C-section is very, very common. It's just so a lot of women giving me a lot of support, telling me their positive C-section stories, which I think is what I need more of. Um, cause I've only, I've only, you know, I've had a couple friends that have had really, really bad experiences, which are, I think is just fucking with my head. And this whole time I've been terrified of the possibility of having a C-section. And now it's looking like it's probably more statistically likely that that might be the route I have to go down. So that was terrifying news, terrible news. Don't like to hear that. Um, and then they gave me a stress test because, like I said, I've been having these weird contractions. So they give me a stress test at this office. And 
I don't think she like, be- I don't think anyone believed me that I said I was like having so many contractions. They put this thing on me to monitor, you know, what, how many contractions I'm having. And almost immediately she's like, oh, you, you just had one. I'm like, yeah, like they're very, very frequent. She leaves the room. They give me like 30 minutes under this machine. She comes back. She's like, you've had 10 contractions in the last 30 minutes. She's like, we're going to go get your doctor. Hold on. So they go get the doctor. Basically, the doctor explained to me that that's a lot, but it's not that uncommon. So actually, this could be something that maybe many of you are facing. If you're having a lot of Braxton Hicks contractions, like more than the average Jane, which <laughs> lucky us guys, it, it can happen. But as long as they're not progressing, getting like really bad, um, it's it's not something to worry about. Now, the level of pain that I'm in, that's the question that everyone kept asking me. They're like, well, how painful are your contractions? I'm like, I wouldn't say that they're painful. They're just really uncomfortable and they're kind of hard to breathe through. So like it is disruptive and I don't like it. But that was something she's like, if they're strong enough that they're painful, like that could become a problem because especially now that I know my baby is breech, we want as much time as possible to try and flip this bitch. So the problem with the contractions on top of it is she said that that could lead to like they could break my water essentially and I could go into preterm delivery. So that's kind of the double shit that I'm working through this week. Not super happy about it. And really, there's not much we can do Um, with the contractions. They did give me a medication. And I meant to grab it to get the name for you guys. Fuck. Sorry. I'll put it in show notes. I'm going to try this medication, see if it helps with the contractions. I'll let you guys know if it works. Another thing they told me to do about all the Braxton Hicks contractions are to like have a shit ton of magnesium. I take those like, I don't know if anybody knows the Calm, Calm brand. They have like calm gummies that I take every night. I take like four a night. Um, she's like just like double up on those basically. Get magnesium. And then another big thing you can do is like be super hydrated. Like she's like if you're dehydrated at all, your contractions are going to be worse. So I think I mentioned this last time or last time I had a doctor's appointment. Uh, we, we talked about how my doctor recommended that I start like drinking more electrolytes, Gatorade. For some reason, water is just going right through me and I'm not, it's not really hydrating me, even though I'm drinking a shit ton of water. So a couple things that they told me to do is to, yes, drink stuff with electrolytes. I've been using liquid IV. I just got another recommendation of a brand that has less sugar. It's called Element, L-M-N-T. So going to get some of that. Um, You can drink coconut water is another great way, but staying hydrated can help with those Braxton Hicks. Now, going back to the breach situation, because like I said, had I caught this earlier, there are some things that I could have I could have done. And right now I'm trying to crank through all of them in the next week. So one of the big things she told me is to check out spinningbabies.com. And this is a website that it like helps you. It gives a lot of tips, a lot of tricks for helping to spin the baby. I pulled this up and I like was so pissed off by this website. I'm sorry. Like people have also, when they slid into my DMs, like sung the praises of spinningbabies.com. The suggestions to me are so like ridiculous. I'm like, what the 
fuck? Like some of the suggestions that they're saying are to like crawl around on all fours, you know, to lay upside down on a ironing board and to do like these like inversion poses, like sit and downward dog for 20 minutes or like bounce on a medicine ball. And I'm just like, like what the fuck to be honest? Like there's so much technology. Like I have gadgets, like there's gadgets that I've been looking at that like on my iPhone, I can program a bottle to be like made for my baby and like warmed up to the perfect temperature and all of that. But like for this potentially life threatening issue, the best we can do is to like have me crawl around on all fours. I'm like, how do we not have more stuff around this? I don't know. I, it's just really frustrating. And I'm reading this. I'm like, I have like a week to flip this thing. I mean, one of the tips that it gave me was to like lay and lay down and put an ice pack over where the baby's head is and then put like a warm compress down in your pelvis and apparently like it's supposed to annoy the baby enough that they turn away and go towards the warmth I'm like this is all fucking craziness but I'm trying everything I'm literally trying everything right now they say to play music like down at your pelvis to attract the baby like use a flashlight up your vagina. Like there's so many weird tips out there. I'm trying all of them. It just like feels really fucking stupid to be honest. And like, I I just want more concrete options. Like, you know, doing some stretches. This is, this doesn't feel like enough for me at this moment. So a little frustrated by some of those tips. Um, Another big one is like going to the chiropractor, going to an acupuncturist, I was able to get into a chiropractor ASAP, which was great. And yeah, I mean, it's similar stuff. Like they're trying to relax certain muscles, do the things. And I'm just like, I don't have enough time. Like I, I, I could just sense that these little hacks that are available take some time. So I'm just pretty nervous at this stage that this baby's not going to flip. I'm trying to think positively. Ugh. Oh my God, that's another thing I have to mention. So my poor sweet husband, who I love so much, obviously like wanted to help me move through this because I was pretty upset, pretty hysterical and went into full like Tony Robbins mode where he was just like, we got to think positive. We got to, you know, we're not even going to say that this C-section is happening. We're just going to visualize, you know, that this baby's going to turn. Everything's going to work out. You're going to have the easiest, chillest birth ever. Everything's going to be great. And I'm just like, no, like I just, uh, sometimes for my three male listeners who listen to this show, sometimes we just don't need like a shit ton of positivity in a moment, you know, like sometimes the moment is raw and hard and scary and maybe we just want to cry. Maybe we just want to like feel our emotions at that point in time. So like he was giving me this whole like pep talk speech and I was like, I love you, but if you don't stop, I'm going to tuck and roll out of this car. Like I am literally going to jump out of this moving vehicle on the highway. If you don't stop because I can't, I just can't right now. So yeah, that was fun. Um, I left, we left that appointment. We went to our, like we go to this restaurant every time after like a big OB appointment 
I got a cheeseburger, French fries, a full ice cream sundae with like whipped cream and fudge. I ate all of it. And then I went home and I cried for like on and off for like four to six hours. Sometimes that's just what we need when shit doesn't go according to plans. And I know um, these are these all the things I'm describing are very, very specific to me and my pregnancy. All of you are going to experience different things in your pregnancy like that is just how this shakes out. But yeah, I mean, for anybody going through like any kind of hard times, especially I think when you get some news that like things aren't going according to plan, it can be very, very scary and it's okay to feel your feelings. Um, I went through it yesterday, let me tell you. I had some not so great thoughts. I had a lot of regrets. <laughs> like, I know this is like a terrible thing to say and I feel I feel guilty for thinking these things, but that's why I'm being honest and telling you guys cuz if you if you feel this way, you're not alone. But like if you've ever had like just thoughts of being like, I wish I didn't do this, you know, like that happens sometimes. Like I literally yesterday was like, I wish I never did this. I wish I just got more dogs. Um, I'm never getting pregnant ever again. Like I'm never doing this again. And, you know, sometimes these emotions we move through are temporary and they're hard to go through, but we just have to go through them. I already am telling you, I woke up this morning. I went to the chiropractor. I'm doing all of the things. And, you know, we just, we just do what we can. That's all we can do. Like we're this, this whole process. And I have heard this from multiple friends who have had different things happen in their pregnancies, but you know, are still tough that like, that's one of the things this whole process teaches you is like, sometimes you just don't have any control and you got to surrender to the process and like try to move through it the best that you can. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm trying to just, you know, think positive in the sense that the only thing that really matters at the end of the day is that I'm okay and the baby is okay at the end of this. So that was my week. I fucking hate it. I hate this stupid week 34. I hope your week 34 is going much better. And real quick, sorry that that took a lot longer to go through than I planned on. I do want to get through some symptoms for week 34 and some things that are going on with your baby and a couple tips so we can get through this episode and I can go back to like reverse reclining on the couch um, because that's like what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Anyway, okay, so symptoms for week 34. So we've already talked about Braxton Hicks contractions. These are very normal. If you, A lot of us or some of us may have them more than others. Lucky us. Um, like I said, lots of water, drink your electrolytes, and just be careful that if, you know, you are having these more frequently, you know, start timing them out if they're coming consistently, if they're becoming stronger, if they're accompanied by any kind of blood or anything, or even lower back pain, that's a sign that it could be real labor and to call your doctor ASAP. Constipation and hemorrhoids is another big thing around this time. Uh, we've talked about hemorrhoids on this podcast. Go back to Bottom Grapes is the name of the episode. Um, but there's a lot of treatments for that. I will say I haven't really had hemorrhoids since then. I guess that was like an early second trimester. Everyone says that they're more, they're more common in the third. I think God's giving me a little break in the hemorrhoids department because I have a lot of other shit going on, but you're experiencing them. There are over the counter treatments and stuff you can do 
don't sit and suffer. Go to your local CVS and get some stuff. Tux is, I think, the name of the brand that I use, like witch hazel pads. And there's like numbing creams you can use. Do all those things if you're experiencing that. And then the last symptom I'll talk about for this week is blurred vision. So this is from a combo of hormones and fluid buildup and lack of sleep that can make your vision seem off around this time of pregnancy. A little bit of blurred vision is is kind of normal because of those things. But if you're also swelling or getting headaches or experiencing any kind of like rapid weight gain or rapid swelling, you want to call your doctor ASAP because it could be a sign of preeclampsia. So those are some things to look out for. Let's talk about what's happening with baby at week 34. So this fucking baby is as big as a butternut squash right now. They weigh about 4.7 pounds and are about 17.7 inches long. Here's a fun fact. Um, the amniotic fluid is at an all-time high between week 34 and 36. So you might feel that your belly actually doesn't get much bigger after that point, which I have to say, I was a little relieved to hear that. And then the fluid will actually start to decrease after about week 36 so that baby can keep growing and still have room to wiggle around, but they are getting snug in there, causing movement to feel a little bit different at this time. So like I said, trying to get this kid turned around before that 36 week point, because they are going to not be able to move around as much as they can now or earlier in pregnancy. All right. So a couple tips and to do's for this week. Um, my big to do for this week, and this is coming from the doctor too, is that I have to chill the fuck out because, um, stress, anxiety, full on panic attacks, not great, not great for the baby, not great for you, especially like I'm trying to like loosen up my muscles and get this kid to turn around and being really stressed out isn't helping anyone. So I am really, really trying to lower my workload. I'm just, you know, trying to take it seriously and get some rest and really just lay and not do the as much as I have been doing because being careful at this point is also important. We're, we're at the home stretch, guys. A couple more weeks and this baby will be full term. But if you're experiencing anything that could bring you into preterm labor, you just got to chill the fuck out. And that is that is important. Um, another tip for this week is to pass on the salt. So uh, I did read this this week that if you, you want to steer clear of any super sodium heavy meals at, at this stage of pregnancy, especially if you if you're already experiencing you know swollen feet and ankles, maybe stay away from the ramen, maybe stay away from the orange chicken, like anything super sodium heavy. If you're a big cook, maybe lighten up that salt pour um, on your food because that is going to contribute to swelling. Lots of water and magnesium is another tip we talked a little bit already about, but yeah, magnesium can help if you're dehydrated. And uh, oh, I did want to bring this up because I'm so sad I didn't get to talk more about the maternity shoot stuff. But uh, a tip for this when I was when I was getting ready for my maternity shoot, I was telling my two girlfriends, you know, they're like, what are you wearing? Like, wh- who's doing your hair and makeup? I'm like, I'm I'm just 
going to do my hair and makeup. And they're like, no, (laughs) you know, like for photos, like for like actual professional photos, they're like, you, like you should splurge on at least your makeup because I'm pretty good at doing my own hair, I will say. But they're like, at least get your makeup done because it will make a difference in photos or at the very least use a strip lash, like put on, put on some fake lashes in in professional photos. They do help pop. And I'm glad that I, I took their advice. I was like, oh shit. Okay. Maybe you're right. I, I know I usually go for a pretty natural look, but in photos you kind of need a little bit more to pop off. And then my last tip for this week, and this is like, I've talked about this already, but just something I really, really learned this week is that you have to fucking advocate for yourself during this whole pregnancy. Um, especially as we're coming up to delivery and birth and all of that, you got to advocate for yourself. Like, like what I was, I was like crying to Brandon after this appointment. I'm like, what's nuts is if I hadn't like really stood up and said, no, I want a, an exam today. And I, I want to know what's going on. I would, they would have just taken my blood pressure. They would have listened to the heartbeat and they would have sent me out of the office. And I would not know that I was breach and I wouldn't be doing the things I am now to try and turn this baby around. Like, that's what's crazy to me is they would have just sent me on my way. And so if you ever have any inkling that there is anything wrong or any issue or any question that you have, even if it's a really stupid question, and I am the queen of those, I love a stupid fucking question. Just say it, just ask it, do what you got to do, ask for what you need and advocate for yourself always, always, always. I, especially, I mean, I'm realizing these OB offices are so busy. A lot of babies are being born every day and you are the only one who really knows what's going on in there. So advocate for yourself. That is my biggest tip of the week. All right, guys, that is all for week 34. Let's wrap this bitch up and never speak of it again. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, come back later this week for a much more fun and lighthearted conversation with Betch's moms. I'm going to have an extra bonus episode this week. I recorded it a while ago. I was in a much happier place. And I have somebody else on the podcast talking about their experience. Um, So you're not just hearing from me. You're getting an additional point of view as well, which I think is always really, really helpful. If you want to help keep me off the ledge this week, go ahead and maybe leave a five-star review on iTunes. That will really pick me up and I would appreciate that. You can leave a couple sentences of a review or just even click those five stars. It makes a big difference. And you can connect with me on social. If you're going through anything like this, if you've had your own complications, if you're scared, I'm fucking with you. I'm on social at Big Kid Problems or on my personal Instagram at Sarah Merrill underscore Hall. Find me on there. Let's bitch together. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week, guys, for week 35. Let's hope it's a better week. Thank you for bumping along with me. It's a winter, but I'm